Hello and welcome to Who's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we've seen our second sports biopic of the day. Uh, Ferrari. Yes. Directed by Michael Mann, um, based on the life of Enzo Ferrari, or in particular a year in 1957, uh, that was important in the history of Ferrari the company and Ferrari mm. the man. Um, it's also based on 1991 biography called Enzo Ferrari, The Man, The Cars, The Races, The Machine, by Brock Yates, who's mm. a motorsports journalist. Um, I didn't know what to expect going into this, really. I like motor racing. I am interested in the history of the company, that sort of thing. I'm not particularly into Ferrari or anything, though. Um, and I was just captivated by this. I Where thought, are you? What, what, a, what a film this is. Oh, okay. Well, you have to tell me why, because... It wasn't, this wasn't for you? Uh, no, I did like it. Um, but I think I had higher expectations. I'm kind of... I'm not sure what the film is about, really. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, mm. you know, it's about winning this race and saving the company. And it's about recognizing or not recognizing his new son. It's about his marriage. But, you know, if it's about this person, if, yeah, I kind of, I feel I don't have a very good sense of his character, really. I guess it's like the, the passions that drive the man and what he's... You know, the, I mean, there's a line in the trailer which which obviously shows up here, but in the film, it's passed by. You don't notice it. Whereas in the trailer, it's an important line uh, where he's talking to his drivers after they've uh, failed in his eyes because they, they didn't pass. Mm. They didn't break late when they needed to. Uh, and he's talking about going into the corner. And he says, two objects cannot occupy the same place at the same moment in time. Mm-hmm. And in the trailer, that's important. That's like telling you what this film's about. And it's about the second family that he has, the positions that, you know, I mean, from the trailer, because it's not clear from the trailer that he has this mistress and a mm. second family. Um, so from the trailer, it looked like it was about um, him and his wife. Uh, he's played by Adam Driver. His wife's played by Penelope Cruz, because clearly they're clashing in the trailer. And, I mean, yes. you have the shot in the trailer of when she fires a gun near his head. Um and so you're like, right, it's about the clash between those two. Those are the two who can't be in the same place at the same time. Mm. But actually, and I mean, there's an element of that because you have the power struggle over the um, over the, the, the shares, mm. the power of attorney. Um, there's the, uh, <laughs> if you can hear that, that's um, someone drilling or something. Mm. Um, but once you understand from the film that he has this second family, um, that, you know, from the start in the film, You've got his wife saying, I don't care who you fuck. We've got this agreement. I don't care who else you fuck, but you've got to be here on time, this, that, and the other. Before the maid arrives. Yeah, before the maid arrives. That's right. That's the agreement. Um, but there's a big difference between I don't care who you fuck and you have a second wife, essentially. Not quite a wife, but someone who he had a child with and fell in love with 12 years prior during the war and has continued an affair with. And the, it's those two. That it's that. It's it's his real wife, his actual wife, who he's in business with, and and his um, mistress. I think it's about the wife, you know, because you get a sense that really she doesn't care. It's about the son. The son is the problem hmm. because she's mourning the loss of their son, and you know the whole film kind of verges on that condition that he not be recognized. Yeah, until she dies, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think 
I think the women are not the problem. I think the problem is in what she sees as the replacement of her son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but still, I kind of, you know, I, I feel, I feel ambivalent about the film and maybe I have to work it out because um, I'm not at all interested in cars or racing, right? So maybe a lot of the pleasures that are open to you are just not to me. Like I wasn't at all thrilled by the races or, you know, by the countryside or anything. You have been before though in different films. So, you know, it's like, I remember in Ford v Ferrari or Le Mans 66, which is yes. together, you like the racing and um, Rush, mm. you know, you really like the racing in that. So it's not like that is alien to you, but just here no, it wasn't working. But it's just, it's, so I suppose what I'm saying is that it's, it's something I'm not inherently interested in. So you rely on the film to kind of make it interesting for you. And this one, to me, didn't particularly like, I mean, um, it wasn't dull to watch and I kind of I didn't, you know, I wasn't bored by it. Hmm. But um, I, I sometimes couldn't distinguish the cars. It is an issue that you, you've got this setup where Ferrari and Maserati are both racing in the Mille Miglia, which is a thousand mile race hmm. in Italy. Um, and for you know, historical accuracy, I assume the cars are both red. Ferrari is historically very famously red. And, yes. But it, it, but red, I think, is the... You know, every nation also has its racing colours. The British mm. racing green, for instance. And I think the Germans are white. Mm. And Italy has always had red. Right. So all these cars are red. And it is a bit of a struggle <laughs> in some of those shots to understand which car is which. Yeah. And it's the film isn't doing a lot to help you with that, I suppose. Mm. Um, and I think some of the things, some of the ways that the the scene, the scenes are dramatized. So for example, in that scene where the wheel of the car hits something on the road and the car racer goes, the racing driver goes, you know, flying through the sky. And then you, you have a lot of people who die as a result of that. It's the climax of the film, really. But in that scene, like the dramatization of it to me is so cliched. You know, you have a family indoors. Yes. You know, the, 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 you see the little children and, you know, one of the little kids goes running out. The father goes past and, goes, you know, gets him. You know, so they're aware of the danger. And then, of course, you know, the, the way the car crashes is such that it kills a lot of people, including children. So I thought that was you know. I thought there was not a necessity to make that work, and it was a little cheap. Um, although it is true in that crash, a number of children did die. And sure, sure. The I mean, it's interesting. You do often get in racing films a crash that you know, is very impactful and claims the life of drivers and things. I mean, in Rush, it was all about, well, all about, but one of the things was the crash that uh, burned Nicky Lauda, mm. and Nicky Lauda's thing of, I will only risk my life to a certain percentage. Above that, there's too much risk. And mm. the other drivers are going, you've got to race. We race. It's dangerous. It's what we love, and that sort of thing. Um, but very, very rarely, I think, do you see uh, a crash that takes a spectator's life. Mm. And that's that's really different here. And, and particularly because up until then, the film, in terms of graphic quality, has been kind of so tame. It's mm. not even not had anything to show, really. It's had a bit of a sex scene, that's it. Um, and then all of a sudden, you've got bodies strewn across the street, and you've got the driver's body in half, and you, mm. and it's it's all of a sudden extremely impactful imagery. Mm. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, and it did work. There was a girl sitting behind us, and you, did you hear her like, really buying into that? Sure. When, when the camera 
it camera's focused in on the cat's eye that he he's just about to hit. We've just we've seen him just miss one, and it's like there's a reason there was a close up on that cat's eye. And the next one comes, and the um, the shot slows down, mm. and she gasps, you know. Yes. And it's like, wow, that really worked for someone. Sure, it just didn't work for me, and I, you know, I don't know. Um, so so. I- I've read quite a bit and I've seen films on Gino Agnelli, right? Uh, who appears in the film because Ferrari does this bit of a con so that Agnelli could buy into the company, right? And yeah, he's, so he's, he yeah, plans... trying to get Agnelli interested That's because right. Ferrari's in financial difficulties. And uh, Agnelli is like this incredibly glamorous figure, this beautiful man who was the heir, you know, uh, the, to the Fiat uh, fortune. Uh, and a kind of a padrone and, you know, married to this incredibly glamorous woman who had like, you know, affairs with everyone. <laughs> um, and I kind of, I expected a little bit of that, in, yeah, with Ferrari, um, because he was also that kind of figure on a much smaller scale, mm. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of someone who got a sense of self from, uh, his uh, sleeping around, basically. Um, this film paints him quite differently. It's all about two different sets of families. Mm. But you don't get a sense of what drives him. And actually, part of the criticisms of the film where, you know, they were saying, oh, well, it's kind of, it should have been made with Italians or, you know. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, it's an American film. I don't, you know, uh, necessarily support that. But I do think that... Um, more of an Italian perspective would have brought out different dimensions in the film. Yeah, kind of, you know, questions of class, for example, Mm. um, that are just kind of not there, really. So, uh, and I think for me, maybe part of the the problem of the film is Adam Driver, because on the one hand, I think he's got great authority. There's something about the way that he walks and his height, yeah, and his build. Yeah, that kind of, you know, it conveys the sense of power and authority, mm. right? On the other hand, you really don't get much of a sense of what his interior life is like. Yeah, you know? I don't know, but I mean, I felt like I did. Oh, I, felt right, like, okay. I just felt like I got the character. I really liked how dry his sense of humour is. The fact that he has one, for one thing, uh-huh. and that he will make jokes essentially to himself, you know, and it's not that he's just making a joke, but he's... He's yeah. It's it's the way he will like tell someone to fuck off, but he'll do it in a way that he's enjoying. Do you know what I mean? Um, like um, when he's giving the drivers their pep talks before they take off on the Miller Millia, because because it's um, a race against the clock rather than exactly against other races. So everyone goes off a minute apart, so he's able to chat to everyone just before they go. And the one driver's asking about a couple of other drivers. Should he look out for? And he says, look out for children and cats. They're your real enemy. You know, like, they're the real danger. It's like, that's a, that's a funny line. And it's dismissive of these other guys. And I know, but... I really like that stuff. And Okay, but to me, that's the difference between the role that's written, yes, and what he conveys. Uh, and for me, the, the proof, so to speak, was in his scenes with Penelope Cruz, where, you know, you get a sense that you're completely understanding everything that's going on in her head, basically. You know, whereas he seems very blank. Yeah, so, you know, if he's given a line, he's given a line. But actually, what the actor is conveying of the character through himself, through his body, you know, and his face and his gestures, that I kind of, I thought was quite limited what I was getting from Adam Driver. I do know what you mean about those scenes. I think there's there's definitely a feeling in those scenes 
that um, the weight is on the other foot. He does not have the power in those scenes because he's been caught. Yes. He's been found out and he's having to respond. He, he can't be proactive, whereas in, in, in other scenes where he's you know combative with people, whatever, he always, as you say, has this authority, he has mm. this power. He is, what, what do they call him? The, um, the commandatore, mm. you know, all the time. Um, and I, but I, I don't know what you mean, but I, I saw his, you know, kind of, I would, I was, I suppose I would call it more stillness than blankness, although I do get it. Um, I saw it as a kind of, like an unwillingness to respond, you know, or like mm. a kind of, a, he's taking in the situation where for once he is not the one on char- in charge of things. Mm. Um, I, don't know, I, know, maybe... I know what you mean though. I think maybe I'm just too familiar with, you know, Italian culture. But I thought, you know, the film is set in 1957. Mm-hmm. It's basically like just, what, a dozen years after the war. Uh, it's the beginnings of the economic miracle, you know, kind of, um, you know, there's a whole kind of way of life that kind of is appearing, yeah. Uh, but it's not quite prosperous. I mean, I w- you, you get no sense of that from this film, really. And yet you you would, you you would expect to, right? I mean, there's a lot of references of, you know, there's uh, families that work in the factory that are reliant on you. And, mm. um, you know, there's a scene of Modena and why they can or they can't divorce and the way that news circulates. And, you know, so I think the film is attempting to give you a kind of a depiction of the culture. It's just not a very complex or rich or interesting one. Sure. Yeah. Um, so... So I kind of, I thought that was a failure as well. But, you know, maybe I'm, I'm focusing too much on why I find the film, you know, less satisfying, which is not to say that it's not good or satisfying. I mean, I think Penelope Cruz is tremendous, hmm. right? I do think that, um, you know, the way that the story of the marriage, so it's like... You know, because structurally you have like this double family, this double son, yes, uh, this mother who wishes that the son she has alive were dead, as opposed to her daughter-in-law who wishes, you know, that her son were alive. I mean, you know, there's all kind of these uh, interesting doublings and kind of structural oppositions built into the narrative structure of the film that kind of means that it's always kind of alive, or there's always something unfolding yeah, in that. It's kind of, you know, it's mm. rich in interesting ways. And I do think it looks fantastic, yeah. Um, it's great we got to see it at the cinema, because I know in the States, at least, this was supposed to go just to streaming, and then it was, um, they eventually kind of relented or found someone that, w- that was going to um, give it a theatrical release, um, which, you know, it really deserves. And yes. in this country, I don't know whether that was kind of ever in question. But it has been released theoretically anyway by Sky. Well, I wish we'd have seen it in IMAX. If we had the opportunity. If we had the opportunity, because, I mean, I think there is something about the blacks. You know, a lot of the scenes of the driving scenes are at night. And a lot of the scenes are at night. Yeah, it's a long race. <laughs> you know, uh, so... Well, Michael Mann is famous for the way he shoots at night. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, I think there was something visually kind of richer that the film could make available if only the projection system of Cineworld was up to up it. To it yeah. um, you know, which which it wasn't. Um, I think also 
we noticed that the sound levels were quite low at the cinema today. And I think also it's a film that would have benefited from just a higher kind of sound. Yeah, level. well, just a lot. I mean, it, it was quite, it was quite during during the, the ads beforehand and we were commenting on it and I thought, is this, gonna, it, I, I should have gone and told someone basically, I should have gone and asked you like, turn, um, the, turn the sound up in, in screen 11 because, but you were right as well when you, before the film you said it's, it's kind of going in and out, it's uneven. Yes. And I wasn't really thinking that, but in the film it dips when, they have that uh, that that big argument um, after she's found out about the second family, and they're talking about Dino, their their son who passed away, and he yells at one point, and the and the sound dropped at that point, the volume dipped at that point, and I thought that that's the opposite of what this needs, mm. and I really didn't understand it, which you maybe complain. But anyway, I mean, I feel also that I'm not the best person to comment on man because you know he's got like really rabid followers. And I've never been a fan. Yeah, like, kind of, you know, there are films that I've liked better than others, like uh, The Last of the Mohicans and Heat, you know. Um, but there's a, there's always something about his films that leaves me a bit cold, that I, you know, I don't get, I don't get involved in them. They mm. don't move me. Um, and I think that was true of Collateral and other works of his and I think this one to me suffers from the same thing you know like I think I would have liked to have seen a Ferrari that was more that was sexier that was more passionate at the beginning you know when the wife shoots him right and says you know kind of you agree to be here before the maid comes in mm. you get the sense that he's sleeping around all the time right well that's what I think was was the interesting kind of revelation of of that he's not or at least what or at least we're not seeing that he has just actually just one partner. And that's, that's what right. the wife doesn't know. That's, that's right. interesting. That's I right. Think. Anyway, the sense of a passionate person, to me, doesn't really come across uh, in the film. So there are moments, you know, those moments with Linda Christian where he grabs her ass, but it's only really to move her so that you could see the Ferrari sign. Mm. Yeah, I thought kind of, you know, that was quite witty. But it would have been, I think, for me, more interesting also had it been tied to a sex drive, really, where... The film becomes a story of like competing families, right? Uh, rather than, you know, a man's passions. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know how true it is of him. I mean, it may, I mean, I know you're talking about kind of the red-blooded Italianness and the and the the feeling, well, the lack of feeling of culture that the film conveys. Yeah. Think would be truer, but it may not just be that true of Ferrari. I mean, you, you get this thing at the end of it. Well, we've already seen, or we we learn that uh, he's been with this woman. For twelve years, and that their relationship continues beyond um, the, death the wife's of his death. Wife. Yeah. So you know, and his but, son does eventually take his name after her death, and is now the vice president of the company. I mean, it may it may just be true that um, his passions were were familial and not so much just I'll oh, fuck anybody. Even though you I mean, think someone with that much power and appeal and all that. I just read very cursorily uh, his Wikipedia page, yeah. in which you know him having affairs with multiple women were front page news in right. the early 1960s, right? And also, I think from a certain kind of perspective, the two things about, you know, having two families and being, um, behaving honorably towards both, you know, and particularly to the child uh, does not negate the rest. No. Yeah. Um, anyway, maybe I shouldn't find that a problem in the film. A film can do everything. Um, but I, I was very glad of the scenes with Penelope Cruz because it seemed to me 
that she brought a, a, a liveliness and excitement to her scenes that to me were otherwise lacking in the film as a whole, mm. you know, which is a bit surprising considering that, you know, it should be full of spectacular chase scenes and, you know, it's tension and the possibility of death. And, you know, and I wasn't really thrilled by any of that. I was really surprised at how kind of slowly the film begins and mm. gets you into the story. And there's this, 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 it starts off with that exciting moment where she's incredibly pissed off at him and shoots at him. Um, but then it's, it's kind of, it's quite placid for a little while. And he goes and visits his son's grave and it's giving you this kind of gentle backstory as to who he is and his relationship with his wife. And I find that really interesting and really surprising because I think you are expecting, you know, sex and racing and stuff. And, um, and I, I, I enjoyed the racing um, I like that it kind of didn't put a huge amount of stuff. It was interesting that, you know, it, it talks about the race, the big race, the Millimilia, as um, the race that essentially is to save Ferrari. Mm. Pretty much says that, you know, it's between you and Maserati and, you know, you're both in financial difficulties and this is the race that will that will put you on the front page and will get you the investment that you need and so on and so forth. Um, but it it doesn't then, um, it, it doesn't then sell that too hard. Um, which you know it sounds like it could be a criticism, but I, I kind of I like the way it went. It's because the the racing scenes are interspersed with personal storytelling and other things, and I don't I, I liked how it went, and I like I thought it was interestingly structured. Because um, the other thing you got to remember is that you know it's an incredibly long race, thousand miles, mm. it takes like 10, 11 hours to to complete that. Um, so you've you've got a long time to tell a story um, in the middle of that. Um, I also thought it was interesting that um, you know it reminded me of Ford v Ferrari in that the race begins as we want to beat the rival team mm. in Ford v Ferrari. It's Ford v Ferrari, and in here it's Ferrari v Maserati. But that race is over relatively early. In that film, the uh, Ferraris go out, and in this film, the Maseratis go out quite early. And then, but then there's another element of drama that mm. the film, you know, the race finishes off with with a different thing. And here it's the accident and in that film it's the thing about the team orders to tell them to cross the line at the same time and that was a whole drama between essentially the racer and the company um i thought that was an interesting bit of structuring and essentially true i mean it's true of both races um it is but so another nickel is that to me like you know when you read about mid you know 20th century things like you know, bicycle races in the early, in the pre-war period, primarily really, but also in the early 50s. And um, these car races, yeah, that uh, became like increasingly popular, you know, they were like a bit of a sociological phenomenon because of what they said about, about science and transport and motors and speed and, you know, modernity, yeah, like a, a modern life, you know, that was only like, what? like 30 years or 40 years removed from horses being the major mode of transportation, yeah. right? You know, so kind of there's a sense of like the miracle of speed and modern life and everything moving at a different pace. And, you know, the film conveys none of that. You know? No, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> <It's you> know, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, because, so I suppose, I suppose, to me, one of the reasons why the film is kind of relatively unsatisfying and seemingly overpraised is that it lacks texture, you know? Because a better filmmaker would have brought all those elements as backgrounds, yeah? As kind of, you know, something that's there, but that's not 
the drama, right? Uh, but that is nonetheless there. Whereas here, the drama is what saving the company and saving his marriage, I suppose. You know, that's kind of the two things that would go together, really. Or, you know, saving is the wrong word. Yeah, saving his company or the st and the state of his marriage, really. Mm. Um, you know, I wonder which... whether you're just expecting a little bit too much of the film. It's funny, I listened back to our podcast on Ford v Ferrari a little while ago, and I was shocked at, because uh, I rewatched the film as well and had a terrific time, and I was shocked at how much I disagreed with everything I was saying, because I was picking up on things that I saw were niggles and details, uh -huh. and you were concentrating on things that were like the reason that to, to watch the movie sure it's about the, the friendship and it's about the fight and so on it's like all that big stuff that i was i was missing the wood in the trees <laughs> and now we're doing the opposite I, I, I feel like we kind of are like maybe maybe in time to come you will have another look at this you know when it's on streaming or whatever and you'll go no this is this is not what i thought but because uh, so like i mean i can totally sympathize with the way you're feeling sometimes that's how you mm. feel and, and maybe maybe you will never feel different yeah about and it, maybe but... you know i mean i do recognize that both the subject matter and the filmmaker are kind of alien to my, not alien, but are at a distance from my normal hmm. yeah, kind of affinities, you know? Um, so, because I actually find almost, well, all of man's films, except for The Last of the Mohicans, kind of cold, hmm. you know? Um, and and I do think even the melodrama of it, you know, could have been more successful. Like I wasn't really moved by anything. You know? No, I wasn't moved by anything. Um, so, uh, and and yet you should have been because you know this is a melodrama also about family. Yeah, kind mm -hmm. of. Um, so you know you should have felt I should have felt more for Penelope Cruz's loss of her son. I should have felt more. For Shailene uh, Woodley, Shailene Woodley, Shailene Woodley, need and desire to recognize or to have her son recognized. Mm. Yes, so important in the Italy of the day, right? Where mm. kind of to not have a father is like you're a pariah, mm. right? You know, so kind of all of those stakes, which are emotional and social, you know, to me, kind of they weren't really well handled. If they would have been better handled, you would have felt them. Yeah. And I didn't, right? So kind of, I mean, the only thing that comes across really vividly and in a complex manner to me is Penelope Cruz's character. Yeah, so it's funny, her betrayal, I, her loss, her anger. Yeah, so much of I, I think you're right, and she does get into her character and her performance. You know, find some some really complex places to go, but also for a lot of the film, I find her. While I loved her performance, I also thought you could say it's quite one note. You know, a lot of the film is essentially her being pretty pissed off with him, and it's you know later that the, the the real depths of what her feelings are come out. Um, so like I love, I mean, I was watching it thinking, God, how much I would love to have you know Penelope Cruz just pissed off at me for ten years. Like, uh. no, you know, <laughs> but, but it is also you know you, you kind of when she shows up, you know what her character is going to be doing. Yeah. you know what I mean. So that, I do, that's but, one way of thinking about about it. Yeah, but she brings up all these things because. You know, so you're saying it's you're, it's one note, and I don't think it is. I mean, you're always clear on what she's feeling because she's such a great actress. But actually, it's a very complex portrayal of, you know, somebody who who loved her husband very much, who still finds him very sexually attractive, who fundamentally trusts him mm -hmm. about, you know, kind of 
all areas of life, and they don't lie to each other, which is interesting, right? Apart from the big lie of omission that he has. Uh, yes, but when he's confronted, he instantly admits it. Mm. Um, she saves him, right? And she she doesn't make it a condition; she makes it a wish, mm-hmm. right? Which is all of the yeah. So so the sense of a past love, you know, uh, that that speech that she has of recognizing the best qualities he had in the son, you know, who died, like. Yeah, the conflict with the mother-in-law, uh, you know, but also, you know, this thing of like, kind of behaving. I was going to say properly, though. Of course, you know, she's firing guns at, at him, <laughs> but you know, kind of socially doing the right thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. she stands by her husband, kind of. You know, she gives him the money. Uh, yeah, she cashes the check, but on his behalf, right? Kind of, you know, mm-hmm. there's a. Well, yeah. those things become complex, but they become complex later on in the film. And earlier on, before you you know, understand this background, this history, and, and her feelings in any depth, um, I think that that anger that she has um, does come across as oh, one. sure, it's sure, something sure. that the film later. No, I'm, not, I'm not denying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you know, kind of, yeah, because I just heard you say the word one note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, it kind of defense. It, it certainly <laughs> starts on that note, mm. but it becomes something. Yeah, so you, by the end, I'm not thinking know. that at all. It's yeah. much richer, but. Um, so, but I think it's it's partly what we know about the character is richer, and partly her performance becomes richer as well. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's offering those 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 degrees, of, you know, those details earlier on. No, later on they're warranted and they're there. No, but I, I suppose what I'm trying to say is that she as an actress brings a lot because you really yeah. get her sense of guilt around the son, you know, her anger at the husband, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that is completely unreasonable, you know, because basically. He, she just expected him to save him, mm. right? But then, you know, that is quite a kind of love that, you know, is expressed where you think that somebody is so fantastic that, <laughs> you know, they yeah. can go beyond reason. Um, so I think, anyway, she brings out to me, yeah, because she makes it so vivid, some of the failures of the film in kind of emotionally engaging yeah uh i want to just mention actually that how much i liked having driver as well you know i think we're giving him slightly short shrift maybe i'm doing the same thing with Penelope Cruz. i'm like well yeah he's blank in those scenes but but i no i liked him very much I, I'm, I, yeah. I, this is the what i've seen adam driver be good a lot of times he's mm. really good but this is the first film i think where i felt his performance is transformative uh-huh. And maybe I'm being seduced partly by the fact that he's in prosthetics and a wig and he's playing ten, 20 years older than he actually is. Um, but it's extremely convincing. I feel like I'm watching a different person in this film, you know? Well, actually, it's funny that you mentioned it because I was thinking, my God, it's only yesterday, you know, that he was like, you know, the sexy kind of uh, young bohemian in girls, right? Like, yeah. You know, kind of, which I, I literally, I mean, it must be a, a decade ago or something, mm. but it feels like you just saw it yesterday and all of a sudden he's playing like a middle-aged man, right? Yeah, you know, and and being very good with it. Like so. that twenty years. Old, I mean, how often do you really see that these days? Mm. The, the most you see of it is is you know, maybe in like Marvel movies, you get you know digital aging and de aging. But but to do it, to get someone to just play twice, you know, or half again as old as they are, he's forty, mm. and 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 Ferrari's getting on for sixty in this film. Is I don't think you see it all that much, and it's really mm. it's, it comes across it works so well. It really really sells. And and he's, I love the kind of. 
the attitude with which he carries himself, you know, mm. and I think it does speak to that authority that you were talking about, but like he's at a, at a moment's notice, he could be pissed off with someone or he could be extremely pleased with them. And you never quite know which way he's going to fall. And he has the authority to fall either way. You know, yeah. I, I, I really, I really, really love that. But I liked watching this character, you know? Yes. Uh, he's got, he's got tremendous authority really uh, in his bearing that then makes his sayings convincing. So, you know, his treatment of what's the, the Spanish race car driver. De Portago. De Portago, right. Where, you know, he makes him wait or he runs off with a car and, you know, you think that's an extremely like self-confident person who can do that. Yeah, particularly, you know, he's not doing it to a nobody. He's doing it to like, you know, a, a famous and rich kind of... As uh, we were just discovering on Wikipedia. <laughs> well, but also he's going out with Linda Christian. Yeah, yeah. Right? His you know. godfather, it turns out, was... Which king is it? The 13th? King Alfonso. Alfonso. Um, Adam that's Driver... Why, that's why that highness line makes sense. I didn't know... I didn't realise that. When, when he's out in the rain... And and he says your highness, oh. and um, and De Portago says which highness, and he says not you. Go and wait in the car. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, I didn't realise that's why he's saying your highness to him. Yeah, well, I didn't realise. Referring that to him as well, because um, because then he is actually talking to some royalty. I think King King Hussein or somebody like <laughs> that's that. That's it. He's buying um, a car off him. So so I just think his bearing, and again his height and his demeanour, yeah, kind of. Uh, very well conveys the confidence of someone who can then act in those particular ways. So I think, mm. you know, he's very good and he's very glamorous and I think he's, he's very sexy, really, you know, so, uh, but I do think that there is a kind of a blankness to him as well. Mm. Um, I, I like, um, I like the way the racing shot as well. I mean, we've mentioned yeah. the racing a little bit and, and, and it's definitely true to say that for a film that, um, is about a racing company. Ferrari was a racing company before it was a car manufacturer, and the car manufacturer came about to you know, support mm. the racing and so on. And you know, it's a film full of people saying we're racers. They're yes. racers. They won't slow down and stuff. And Ferrari's all about I'm a racer, and mm. even though he hasn't raced in a long time and he didn't win very much, um, you know, despite all that, it's a film that does not have its focus on the racing. Um, but when it's there, I, I mean, it feels kind of appropriate, right? It's not putting a huge amount of stock in it, but when it's there. I found it interesting and engaging, and I like I like the variety of shots that are used and the shakiness of the camera. I like that too. The you close, know, the close upness. And... Yes, I like that, and I like the way then also you get the overhead shots where you see the paths that the cars have to go through and so on. Yeah, you know that 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 does add a sense of excitement and danger and so on. I think particularly yes. when they're going down the mountain path, and it's a lot of one eighties, yes. and the film has. Um, has set up this thing about breaking into a corner and don't let him outbreak you because he'll win the corner and so mm. on and so forth. And, you know, you've been told that in dialogue, but then when you see that path laid out ahead of them, you innately, I think, understand that this is where this comes into play, this question yes. of breaking and who's going to win the corner. And ultimately one of them, the Maserati, goes off the track at that point and it's like Ferrari has won that, that yes. battle, you know. Um, I also like, so I like the casting, right? So now, you know, to speak in a different way than performance, I liked, for example, the contrast between Shailene Woodley mm. and Penelope Cruz. You know, Penelope Cruz, extremely beautiful and older and, you know, alive with fire and emotion and anger, right? Mm. And Shailene Woodley, who looks like, you know, uh, a common sense, you know, <laughs> intelligent, yeah, but kind of steady. Yeah, she's got a kind of steady, earthy, 
presence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a there's a visual difference as well. Like one's dark haired, one's light haired, yeah. one's thin, and one is not to be uncharitable, but a little less thin. Yeah, yeah. I like the contrast between them very much, and I like the quality that uh, Shailene Woodley brought to the the, the character. Mm. Yeah, you can understand why uh, they represent different things in Ferrari's life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I do like the difference in in mode that Adam Driver goes into when he's with the Shailene Woodley character and with the family. He's behaving differently. He's different around them, and and you know, he's he's kind of he's softer. I mean, the way he behaves with his son when he's talking about the engine, yeah. and he's proud of him for for, yeah. for for learning something or knowing something. You know, that's um, it's extremely likable, and it's not something you'll see at any other point. You know, what I suppose the closest that you'll get is when he's um, visiting his son's grave. I know, um, but there's a fundamental. I think um, lack of understanding or, you know, uh, uh, in the film as written, because to me, the last scene in the film should have been tragic or ironic or despairing, right? Like, you know, it ends on what seems like a high note, you know, Mm -hmm. let me introduce you to your brother, Mm -hmm. right? But actually, he's not recognizing his son. He's dooming his son to be an illegitimate son in a society in which legitimacy was very important, you know, for the next 30 years. So there's something tragic about, or there should be something tragic about the father denying a son as he's introducing them to one that's lost. You know, that should have been like, that should have given the audience a pang or a sense of sadness. Or actually, it's one of the ways in which he is both defeated yeah, and then tries to do something good out of it. Yeah, but, you know, you get none of that in that scene. It seems like, you know, mm-hmm. entirely, I wouldn't say triumphalist, but it's meant to be a happy ending. Yeah, let me choose one son to the other. Yeah, well, but he, gets really, to, he gets to treat his son as a family member as far as he possibly can. That's right. give his name. Yeah, but, but he doesn't. That's the thing, right? Like, you know, so his son is not his son in the eyes of the world. He's denying his son. Mm. Yeah, so... I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if the filmmakers understood that properly or they just didn't convey it properly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not sure I, I thoroughly buy into the objection, but I get it. Mm. Um, uh, anyway, I suppose, you know, my overall view of the film is that it looks mashing. I enjoyed it very much. You know, I, I, I thought Adam Driver was, was glamorous, really. And Penelope Cruz is, you know, superb, right? Um, but it, it's also a film that leaves me with, like, a lot of niggles, really. Yeah, I've got one niggle of my own, which is which is a much more niggly niggle than any of yours, <laughs> which is and the thing about the check and this this $500,000 check, and if she cashes it, it'll be the end of him because he doesn't have the money yet before any deal is made with, with Agnelli. And um, and I was thinking, if you, if you try and cash it, why don't you just bounce? It'll be fine. But as it turns out, she cashes it, and then it's like insolvency people are coming in. I'm like, why is that? If I try and cash a check, there's no money in the, in the account. But there, it, it just it gets bounces. No, but there is money. I think the thing is um, how it would affect a sale. But then you also realize that a sale is just a negotiating ploy, and a sale will sell for a lot more once his name is cleared, right? So... Uh, to me, there's a there's a logic and all of that. That kind of I didn't have any pl- any plot. I mean, it may well be based on the truth, and I just don't understand the finance world enough. Uh-huh. But like, it just it it just occurred to me as like, you know, if the money's not there, then 
and nothing happens. It's fine. Yeah, another... I did. I did like the bank. Uh, the bank clerk that they keep going to, who is <laughs> like he's dealing with Ferrari. I mean, it's surprising that he wasn't the bank manager. You know, you think Ferrari are dealing with the manager, whereas this mm. guy seems to be just like a high level clerk who mm. who deals with you know kind of big customers, I guess. But um, but I did think like every time you know Penelope uh, <laughs> Cruz goes there. There's some kind of familial thing going on. And it's about the details, and then that's so that's where she learns about the uh, the second family. And and I was just thinking to myself, like this poor bank guy, just like has no interest in any of this. Like no, or, like it's he's not the fucking you know counselor for these people. Like just fucking mm. take your money and leave. No, I like it. That. Doesn't work that way. I mean, he probably was like a counselor to the family for sure. Either we bank didn't act like been. it. Well, yes, he did because you know you get a feeling that he's very used to dealing with her. Right. Uh, that's not the same that, thing, though. People bringing in their drama and you just going, I'm just trying to do my job. It's no, not the same but thing. he's clearly under instructions from Ferrari because he recognises his slip. But I find it quite funny, though. It's like, these fucking people, why can't my job be normal? Huh. You know? Anyway. Um, I, I really liked it. And I do kind of, I suppose, I, I hope in some sense that, you know, two years from now, you'll have a look at it again and go, just strip away all of the all the details that you're objecting to, hmm. and and see the simplicity of you know the big characters and the story and what it's telling. I think you might enjoy it a lot more with the kind well, of bit of hindsight. I mean, to be fair, I did enjoy it, yeah. you know, and I was very happy to see it uh, on a big screen, which is where I think it deserves to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Well, like me with with Ford v Ferrari, I did enjoy it the first time. I was just kind of clouded with issues that I was having, and then and the second time, I'm like. What the fuck were those issues? Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so that... I really recommend it. I I had I had a terrific time in this, and I really really enjoyed it. Okay, great. So uh, on that note, thank you very much for listening. We're eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter at Eavesdrop Movies and Blue Sky, eavesdropping social, and the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs>